Please grab your Bibles if you don't have them already and turn to Proverbs chapter 8. Be Proverbs chapter 8, beginning with verse 22, and I'll read through the remainder of the chapter. So 22 through verse 36, Proverbs chapter 8. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Well, before we get started here in Proverbs 8, I just want to thank you as a church for the way that you served uh, Sandy and her family yesterday and over this past period of time. And um, you helped in many, so many different ways, praying, uh, providing food here, serving in a variety of capacities, and um, God was honored the way that you cared. And Sandy, I want you to look around this room and realize that there are a lot of people in this church that love you dearly, and they're going to be walking with you and caring for you in these days ahead, and we'll continue to pray for you. Tim, Tim mentioned earlier that Christmas is just one week from tomorrow, hard to believe. Um, Next week we'll have our Christmas Eve service. Uh, We will meet both in the morning at 10.30, there will be no Sunday school, and then we'll meet in the evening at 5 p.m. So we're we're anticipating Christmas. Um, So why are we in Proverbs 8 this morning? Um, Well, it's because Proverbs is all about revealing wisdom. And 
Jesus is wisdom to us from God. Uh, we're going to learn some things this morning about Jesus in Proverbs that will help prepare you for worshiping Jesus this Christmas. Now, the first 21 verses of Proverbs chapter 8 reiterate things that we already have learned in Proverbs. These things that we're going to briefly review are not new, but they are important. And so they're repeated. They're emphasized so that they are pressed into your lives in ways that shape how you think and how you believe and how you live. So we see again that Lady Wisdom speaks, verses 1 through 3. Does not wisdom call, does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud. Notice that Lady Wisdom is on the heights beside the way or beside the road. She's at the crossroads. She is next to the gates uh, in the town. They're these are places that all people from the countryside and the city travel through and gather. It's where all sorts of people in all walks of life must go. Lady Wisdom speaks where people are gathered, where people live. Wisdom speaks so that you will listen and learn. This is what offers hope to all people. So if you want wisdom, you can find wisdom. Wisdom is not for those who belong to an exclusive club. Wisdom is for all people. So seek wisdom, listen to wisdom. We also see that Lady Wisdom speaks truth, verses 4 through 9. To you, O men, I call and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things in my lips, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. So if you are simple you are easily influenced by anything that comes along. And if that's you, you must learn prudence so you can act carefully according to knowledge and so that you can exercise care and self-control when living together or living today and when planning for the future. Now, if you are a fool, you have developed habits of pursuing your own selfish, selfish and indulgent whims with no desire to listen to wisdom. And what a fool needs is sense. The, the Hebrew word here refers to the heart or the inner man. It's the seat of emotions, intellect and will. And so what a fool needs is a heart. It's in fact a new heart. A heart that is willing to listen to wisdom. We also see Lady Wisdom speaks noble things, things that are right, things that are true. 
And what you will learn from Lady Wisdom is pure and good. There is nothing bad that is hidden. Everything Wisdom speaks is righteous. Nothing is twisted or crooked. So if you want to know what is good and right in life from God's perspective, which is the superior perspective, listen to Lady Wisdom. And that is why Lady Wisdom's spoken word, spoken truth, has great value. Verses 10 through 21. Take my instructions instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, groaning or granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. So this passage really is quite clear in communicating that wisdom is more valuable than gold or silver. It's far better than the most expensive diamonds. Wisdom gives you prudence and knowledge and discretion. Wisdom leads you to be humble and speak words that are true. Kings and kingdoms are established by wisdom. Wisdom has enduring value. It has stood the test of time. Wisdom is proven. We, we see here many ways that Lady Wisdom's spoken truth has great value. We see that, but the question is this. Do you want wisdom more than silver, silver and gold? That, that's the question. What what has captured your heart? What rules your heart? What do you desire most in life? What do you make time to acquire in life? All the best that this world has to offer or wisdom. Verse 10 says, Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. Now, if truth be told, earthly treasures will capture your hearts. Earthly treasures will capture your hearts until Jesus captures your heart. When Jesus captures our hearts, then we will learn to treasure wisdom above all earthly things. Now, these truths are familiar to us as um, if we have listened to Proverbs chapters 1 through 7, we've heard these truths before. But in, in his wisdom, the sage 
presses them again onto our hearts so that we will listen to wisdom and value wisdom and value Jesus above all else. But now as we pick up with verse 22 and following, we, we learn something new in Proverbs, namely that Lady Wisdom is the character or character with a capital C, so character or capital, character with a capital C of God by which he created all things. So verses 22 through 31 describe how wisdom existed before anything was created. In fact, wisdom was actively involved in creation. Uh, Derek Kidner said this about this passage, and I quote, Here is wisdom's prime credential, presented with wonderful artistry. First, wisdom is what Yahweh as created, creator counted primary and indispensable. Second, wisdom is both older than the universe and fundamental to it. Not a speck of matter, not a trace of order came into existence but by wisdom. Third, wisdom is the spring of joy, for joy breaks out whenever and wherever the Creator's wisdom is exercised. Joy of creating and joy of existing. The makers and the creatures delight. Both flow from the, the exercise of divine wisdom. That is from God's perfect workmanship. So let's listen again to verse 22 through 31. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I, brought, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, and when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him, always rejoicing, in his inhabited world, in delighting in the children of man. Now, this is a fascinating passage that describes the Creator's handiwork and workmanship. So, as an example, it says that the depths of the ocean were created by God, which, on average, are over 12,000 feet deep. The springs that water the earth were made to come forth by the Creator. And when, when Shelley and I were in Israel, right in the middle of the desert, in the area called the En Gedi, there is a spring that flows abundantly, and it's been doing so steadily for thousands and thousands of years. This was the place where David fled for safety to get away from Saul. There are caves to hide in, and in the middle of the desert, there's this 
this spring that just keeps flowing. The, the Creator put that spring right in the middle of the desert and gave David and countless others life-giving water. It's amazing. The, the Creator gave the mountains their shape. When, when I read that, I, the picture that I have in my mind are the majestic Teton mountain range, which rises more than 7,000 feet above Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I, I can remember standing at the base of the Tetons in awe of their beauty. I, I can remember when we were driving towards the Tetons, I was like, there they are. And they looked massive. And we kept driving and driving and driving. It took forever to get there because they're just so massive and majestic. The, the Creator put approximately 100 billion stars in just our galaxy, in the Milky Way. 100 billion stars. And then we're told that He also created between an estimated 200 billion and 2 trillion additional galaxies. And God gave every star a name. It's hard to wrap our mind around that. The Creator put limits on the powerful ocean waves so that they come so far and no further. When Shelley and I were in Maine this fall, we sat on the rocks at Pimaquid Point Lighthouse and we got some incredible video footage of these giant waves that came crashing. It seemed like they were exploding on the rocks, but these powerful waves came so far and no further. The, the handiwork of creation is breathtaking. But what's particularly intriguing for our study in Proverbs is that the Lord, Yahweh, possessed wisdom at the beginning of creation. Wisdom was with the Lord before anything was created and was, in fact, active in all of creation. So the million-dollar question is this. Should we think of wisdom here in chapter 8 as a character with a capital C that, that is a person or heavenly being, or should we think of wisdom as character with a little c, which means the, the character with a little c is just personified for the sake of poetic vividness. I, I would suggest that if we read only Proverbs without the New Testament, we might conclude that wisdom here in chapter 8 was character with a little c. But when you read this passage in Proverbs 8 from the perspective of the New Testament, I, I would argue that wisdom was a character with a capital C. And I, I say that because in the New Testament, we see clearly, we're taught clearly that Jesus, as the second person of the triune God, existed before creation and was active as the agent of creation. And there are several New Testament passages that seem to draw from this language of Proverbs 8, which clearly speak of Jesus, such as Colossians 1, 15-17. So when speaking of Jesus, this is what we read. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all, him, before all things, and in him all things hold together. There's language there that's very similar to what we see in Proverbs 8. Uh, Jesus said this about himself in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and in verse 10, verse 14, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know him, verse 14, and the world, excuse me, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So Proverbs 8 emphasizes that wisdom existed before anything was created and was, in fact, actively involved in the work of creation. And in the New Testament, both of these realities are declared to be true of Jesus as well. And then, of course, added to what I've already read, 1 Corinthians 1, 24 and 30 say this, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And then verse 30, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and Redemption. The question is, why is this important here in Proverbs 8? What is the significance of wisdom existing before creation and actively involved in the work of creation and then actively upholding all of creation by the power of his word? What's the benefit of recognizing that this wisdom is none other than Jesus himself. Well, remember that the writer of Proverbs is again and again in these first nine chapters, again and again making an appeal for you to listen 
to wisdom. And he has given many, many good reasons to listen to Lady Wisdom and to value wisdom above all other earthly treasures. But then we come to verses 22 through 31, and the sage, in a sense, pulls out all of the stops. If wisdom was active in creating the universe and is active in sustaining the universe, he certainly knows how to give what you need to make godly choices in the nitty-gritty details of life. Let me say that again. If wisdom was active in creating the universe, think about all of its complexity, and if wisdom is active in sustaining the universe, keeping it all together, that sun comes up consistently all the time. He knows certainly, he certainly knows how to give you what you need to make godly choices in the nitty-gritty details of life. He knows how to give you what you need for life and godliness. And so, Proverbs says, run to Jesus. <laughs> Listen to Jesus. Follow Jesus. There is absolutely there is absolutely no one better suited to give you what you need to handle the problems of life in a way that will be good for you and good for the church and that will bring glory to God. Run to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Now, this chapter ends with verses 32 through 36 affirming this. Blessed, blessed are those who listen to Lady Wisdom. And if you're blessed in this sense, you have God's stamp of approval in your life and that makes you happy. Blessed are those who listen to Lady Wisdom. Verse 32, and now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Um, Daniel Aiken has observed, and I quote the Christmas carol, O come, O come, Emmanuel, says this of Jesus in one of its verses. O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show, and cause us in her ways to go. Let me read that again. O come, thou wisdom from on high, Again, this is a Christmas carol, okay? O come thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show, and cause us in her ways to go. Daniel Aiken goes on and it says this, Christianity has confessed for a long time in song what Proverbs 8 
has taught us. The wisdom of God who ordered the universe and can teach us the right path took on flesh in Bethlehem. If you want to be wise in daily life, if you want to know how the world works, then you must be in relationship with Jesus. If you're not walking in wisdom, it reveals an issue with Jesus in your life. Confess that to Him. Turn from it and let Him reorder your life like He does the universe. Let Him reorder your life like the universe. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for what you teach us here in your word. It's a fresh reminder when we think about creation in all of its splendor and all of its complexities. We marvel at how you spoke all things into existence. It that demonstrates the power of your word. And Father, we're thankful that here in Proverbs, we are reminded of that, and we are reminded that it is wisdom, it is Jesus that was a part of that creation, and it is wisdom that you promised to give us what we need so that we know how to live. And we know how to make godly choices in the nitty-gritty details of life. And so, Father, I pray that you would give all of us hearts to see you and to hear from you, to listen to you, and to follow you. We're, we're thankful for revealing wisdom. We're thankful that Lady Wisdom speaks. And we're thankful that Lady Wisdom has better things to say, more valuable things to say than anyone else. And so, Lord, tune our hearts to listen carefully to Lady Wisdom and to follow. So help us in our weakness. Give us your strength so that we listen and follow wisdom, so that we listen and follow Jesus. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.